Good morning, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, whatever time of day it is when you may be listening in. This is Reverend Kay Mortimer with Covenant Truth Ministries, and this is today's episode, episode 36 of our Truth Tidbits as we continue looking throughout the scriptures, whatever the Lord may speak to us each day, and seeing what he might have to say. Excuse me. And I encourage you strongly to be reading the word yourself. Oh, don't just take these or any other devotions or whatever. Those are great and they're wonderful additions. But don't let those replace your own reading of the word of God. Get the word of God in you. Oh, I can't stress it enough. It is your very life (coughs) and the very bread, bread that you need to be eating every single day. We talked about that a little bit more a day or so ago. So now I want to move on in Matthew 6. I want to just try to finish this out in the next few days. But in Matthew 6, we're reading that model prayer that Jesus gave us recorded in Matthew 6 verses 9 through 13. And I want to look at today verse 12, but I want to read beginning in verse 9. In this manner, or in this fashion, after this fashion, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, verse 12, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. So today we want to look at this topic, the power of forgiveness and freedom from freedom through forgiveness. I forget exactly what I actually titled it, but it's in reference to forgiveness and the freedom that comes when we forgive. <clears throat> and so I want to talk about that today. Forgiveness is a hard word for us to wrap our brains around sometimes, and it's even harder to do, but it is absolutely essential. So first of all, let's clear the air and understand what it is not. Sometimes, excuse me, sometimes understanding what something is, it's helpful to clear out, first of all, what it's not. Hopefully I won't have to this clearing of my throat problem all this time. What it is not. Forgiveness is not saying that someone didn't hurt you or that the pain wasn't real or the wrong wasn't real. It is not that. It's not about that. It is not saying that it's okay for someone to hurt or abuse you or do what it, whatever wrong they've done to you. That's not what forgiveness is. By releasing a person through the act of forgiveness, you are not saying those things. Nor is it a denial of the true wound or pain that you have experienced when you forgive someone. So we need to clear the air. It's not any of those things. Nor is it giving a free pass to somebody that says, oh, well, you know, you can just do this to me anytime you want. No, it's not about any of those things whatsoever. 
So what is forgiveness? <clears throat> it is a decision. It is a choice of your will to release a person to God's care and not hold them responsible or demand payment from them for the wrong they did to you. That's what it is. It's when you let it go and you do not hold them liable and make them pay you back or seek to make you pay them back. It's not reviling evil for evil. It, it's not that at all. It's not you holding them in a chained thing and says, no, I'm not going to forgive you because you've got to pay me back. It's releasing that. And it is a decision, a choice of your will. It does not require emotions. It does not even require the desire to do it. But it is rather simply a choice that you make and that I make. I want to share a personal example of this so that you understand. I have been there. I know this pain deeply when someone wounds you very deeply. And I know the joy and the freedom that comes when you can truly make that decision to forgive. There was a time in my life several years ago when a person that was very close to me wounded me very, very deeply. And it took me several weeks to struggle with the Lord to bring me to the point where I could forgive. I felt as if that person had wounded me so deeply, and I knew the Lord was calling me to forgive that person and to rather choose to love instead. The Bible says God's ways are higher than ours, and his thoughts are, <clears throat> are higher than ours. And I remember this, that scripture coming back to my mind, and I knew the Lord was calling me to do a higher road, but it was also a much harder road to just forgive and choose to love anyway. And I remember I had to hold that. I was like, God, I can't do it. I, I really sincerely struggled for several weeks. And I said, God, I just can't. I just can't. The wound is just too deep. And I knew that I was unable to deal with it in myself. But I, but I, did, I do remember this. I prayed, Lord, I'm not in areas where I'm not willing, I'm asking you to make me willing because I don't see how I can do this. I know what you're asking me to do, but I simply don't see how I can do it because the wound is too deep and it's, it, it just hurt too bad. And I felt like that was just, that was it. And, and that person had crossed the line, so to speak. And I'll never forget this on a Thursday afternoon. I was in my office at that particular time, trying to do some work, trying to get it out of my mind. And that's when the Lord broke me. And I'll never forget how he broke me. It was so, so powerful. I was alone in my office and I just, I, I saw these things as clearly in my mind as I can see anything right now. 
And I'll never forget the Mel Gibson's Passion of the Christ had not, not long ago come out at that time. And I sat there, and all of a sudden, it was like the Lord was calling me to this higher road of love and to finally release it and let it go and forgive. And the, the images that came back to my mind were those of Christ suffering when he was arrested, when he was beaten, when he was whipped, when he was um, uh, they put the crown of thorns on his head and when he was beaten and, and drugged to the cross and, and killed on the cross. All of those, those were the images that came to my mind. And I'll never forget, I broke down right there all alone in my office. And I said, God, I don't know how I can do this. I can't do it in and of myself. I said, I, and I was honest with God. I encourage you, when you're praying, be honest with the Lord, because He already knows how you feel anyway. He already knows in your heart anyway. So I broke down and I said, God, I don't want to forgive this person. I don't know if I can. I don't know how. And it certainly is not in me. But I am willing. I make the choice of my will right now. And what broke me was this. And I remember telling the Lord this. I said, Father, how in this world can I possibly ever withhold forgiveness from anyone, no matter how deeply they've wounded me, because of what you did for me? If you suffered all of that to forgive me, how could I dare withhold forgiveness from anyone else? And I said, Lord, I can't do it on my own. I don't even want to do it on my own. There was not a shred of emotion in it. There was not even the desire to do it. But I simply broke down and made a choice of my will to do that. And right then, in that office, from that moment forward, I have had nothing but freedom. I have had the blessing of the Lord and that person I have been able to be reconciled with and I have seen the work of the Lord in that person. All of that was through the freedom that came from forgiveness. And Jesus is teaching us here that forgiveness is absolutely necessary. It's required we want God to forgive us, and He graciously forgives us. But He expects that we also will forgive others. The reason is easy to understand, because we cannot judge them. We are not their judge. And when we hold unforgiveness and bitterness against someone, we take the place of the judge, and only God can judge them. And only God can work in the situation. And only God knows the truth about the situation and what has happened and why and all of those details. And he alone knows how to fix it. So it's important for us to understand that. Forgiveness is simply a decision, a choice of your will. And when you make that choice, just like I did that Thursday in July, alone in my office years ago, the Holy Spirit then 
can come and begin to activate in you and in the other person the freedom that needs to be released and the blessings. One of the blessings of the Lord, according to Acts, is to turn someone from their iniquities. It says it very clearly right there in the book of Acts. I can't remember the exact reference. I did not. That just came to me just now, and I did not look it up. I apologize for that. But Peter, in one of his prayers, I believe it was Peter, and he was praying, or he mentioned something about the blessings of the Lord coming to turn them from their iniquities. That's part of how God blesses someone. And so when the Holy Spirit comes in, he activates in us the work of freedom and the work of blessing, not only in us, but also in those who have wounded us. Let me speak about that for a minute. We have to remember that God forgives us. Jesus endured many things so that he could forgive us. As a matter of fact, the very first cry he made from the cross was, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And I've got a, another teaching. It was during the Holy Week last year that I recorded that. And so it's in the Holy Week teachings, but it's cry from the cross or the, the seven cries from the cross. Um, and in there, I explain a whole lot more about that cry. But Jesus himself, in spite of all that they did to him, was asking God to forgive them. Why? That proves that he had already released them. He was not holding that against us. He was not demanding that we make any payment in regard to the sin that he had to endure on our behalf. He totally and graciously and freely forgave us. Therefore, it is incumbent upon us. We must forgive. And I want to read you a couple of things here, and then I'm going to come back to Matthew 6 and read another couple of different verses about this as we start to draw down to a close. But right now, I want to read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. Paul is writing, and he says this, And be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. It's very important that we understand that God has forgiven us and therefore we must forgive others. We must forgive others. In Hebrews, the book of Hebrews, in chapter 12, verse 14 and 15, it says this, Pursue peace with all people and holiness, without which no one will see the Lord, looking carefully lest anyone fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble, and by this many become defiled. That root of bitterness, if you hold on to it, it will work a work of defilement, a, an evil work, and it will spread like a cancer to every area of your life. And it will also spread like a cancer and affect in a negative way 
other relationships you have, whether it's with your spouse, your children, your, it'll affect your ability to work, your productivity, your, uh, your, your mind. It will bring depression or other things into your life. You have opened up a door. If you allow a root of bitterness, you open up that door for the enemy then to be able to do various other evil things, and it will spread like a cancer. So the warning in Scripture is do not let a root of bitterness develop in you. But always keep in mind that Jesus Christ bore your sins and mine on the cross. And if you have to, you know, maybe watch The Passion of the Christ or some other movie that will bring it back in your mind in vivid detail. And you can see what Jesus endured, or at least a dramatization of what Jesus endured on your behalf. Go back and read the Gospels. Read about it. And think about and remember what Jesus endured for you. And then you can come to the place just like I did on that Thursday afternoon several years ago when I said, God, if you did all of that for me, how do I dare withhold forgiveness from anyone else? And so, beloved, we must forgive. I want to close with these final scriptures in Matthew chapter 6, verse 14, it says this. This is after that model prayer. But this point is so very critical from that prayer that Jesus then harps on it again. He, he expounds on it again. I don't mean harp like it's a, a bad thing. I mean he expounds on it. He says, man, I'm going to pick this part out of the model prayer I just told you about because this is how important it is. He says this in verse 14. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. It's very essential. It is absolutely necessary that we forgive other people in order for God to be able to forgive us. We have to release them. We have to stop being a judge over them and demanding that they pay us back. But let me tell you about the beauty of that. When we choose to do that, first of all, we are free. We are free. That day God freed me. It has never bothered me again like it did. Now, it took a while for the, for the healing process from the wound to finalize. And there will always be the scar from that wound. I believe that, you know, there's, there's some similarities there to what we experience in the natural. Sometimes we are wounded or there's a surgery or something else that has to happen. And that's a scar that remains in our body forever. So there may be a wound that has been so deep that there's still a scar. But the scar, you'll, you'll forget all about it because it doesn't hurt you. It doesn't cause the pain it did at one time before. That's when you know you are free. There is no more demand for payment because that demand for payment binds us in chains of bitterness. And Hebrews has warned us. Do not let a root of bitterness come. So the first thing that it will do is it will free you. You are then free from it. Why? Because you're now letting God be the judge. 
You're now letting God deal with the situation. You're letting now God handle it. And you are no longer withholding it from him and allowing him now to be able to take it and work from there. So what does he do? It frees the work of God also on behalf of that person that wounded you. So then he can go and he can begin to convict and work to draw them to himself, to repentance, if at all possible. And if they will not repent, he will work in other ways in their life, in your life. Maybe it might be that a trust is broken and a relationship needs to be broken. Maybe it's that you need to uh, advance with caution with that person because of the wounding, because of the trusting, whatever it is, God will lead and God will guide you. But it frees you, first of all, and then it frees, the, uh, in, a, in essence, the Lord's work to really go to that person and help them. Because God's always, his first desire is always that all men will come to repentance. He does not want anybody to perish. And that includes those who wounded us. Just like the cry from the cross was, Father, forgive them who had wounded him. And all of us are included in that prayer because of the wounding that we've brought to the Savior of the world through the sin that he had to bear on our behalf. So it releases you, but it also releases the work of the Lord to go to that person. And they may or may not respond. They may be repentant, and God can begin to work a work of reconciliation at that point. Or they may resist the work of the Lord and stay put in their, in their sin. And in that case, the Lord can still work freedom in you and uh, maybe wisdom, maybe discretion, maybe other things that he will work on your, on the side of your life and, and how you need to respond in, in that situation or with that person. But it's all good. There is freedom in forgiveness. And Jesus commands us to forgive. I encourage you to forgive. Forgive others so that your heavenly Father will forgive you. Praise be to God. I pray this has been a blessing to you. And Lord willing, you can join us again for future episodes of Truth Tidbits. God bless you today. In Jesus' name.